0: Two, three. Yeah! Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I am an Amazon seller, I've been selling for about 10 years. And the goal right here is to give you some guys some things to work on and make your business better. I know uh, sometimes we get very specific in Amazon, actually, most of the time we are, but today uh, we're going to venture away from uh, Amazon as this could be uh, a diversification strategy this could be just kind of where the, the next step for um, your Amazon business. So uh, I actually saw an ad on Instagram. I saw it more than once and it was really good. And it it was geared towards e-commerce. Uh, it was geared towards like Shopify, how to optimize your page, what made a good page versus a bad page. And I liked the ad a lot. So I reached out um, to the Shopify guy um, and that's uh, who, who was advertising. it, And I was like, I got to get you on the podcast. I've got Amazon sellers and we know nothing about Shopify. Yep. And so let's turn that uh, nothing into something a lot more as this is a, uh, a really great business model. Very, it's tangential to Amazon. So if you're uh, good at e-commerce, Amazon, like uh, I, I know you're going to pick up some things. I'm actually going to ask specific questions about my business as we go in. So I got with me uh, John and Alex. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks,
0: Scott. Nice to be here. So tell me a little bit more about your background, you know, uh, wh- uh, where and, and and actually where the then build up into, you know, what you're doing today and why Shopify is, you know, uh, the most popular uh, platform for, you know, D2C.
1: Yeah, so I would say uh, back in 2012 is when I launched my first company. Um, I remember going to sleep the night that I launched, and then waking up with like sixty dollars in my account from sales or something. And then from that day forward, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna figure out how to do more of this." <laughs> so yeah. since yeah. then, that's all I've been doing. Um, I've you launched-
0: know, I, I heard that like Shopify that there's an app and it has like a, a ka-ching noise when yeah. you uh, yeah. have a sale, and that like that's that shot of dopamine that like. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I need more of this.
1: Yep, um, exactly. And 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 uh, in fairness, actually, wasn't even on Shopify ten years ago. I've been on Shopify probably six or seven of those years. Okay, but but I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, that's,
0: yeah. Um. This is a whole other conversation, but like, yeah. um, there's a case in the business world, in the B two B world, of like actually gamifying things yeah. so that. Um, you get more of the behavior that you want. So um, even, um, yeah. And so like, that's a brilliant move by Shopify because uh, if you're growing your business, like that becomes a new game. You're like, okay, what's the next level? What's the next level? Um,
1: It's like a little mini Pavlov experiment almost.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So um, you guys have a lot of experience building out, you know, million dollar brands uh, on Shopify. Um, so how, like, you know, just actually just, let's start with the basics. Like what is like, you know, uh, the, this e-commerce, uh, like direct to consumer play, how does, how is this playbook? And then we'll talk about how like an Amazon seller could, you know, latch on and, uh, take what they already know and, uh, see if, see if Shopify works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say. You know, one specific example I think of is a guy, uh, he's got a product called Flex Latch and he, it's basically a little latch that goes on your door. He sells only on Amazon right now. He has a Shopify site that doesn't do a whole lot. And he, it's a little latch that goes on a door and it's this product that only lets a cat through. It's like a three inch opening on your door it lets a cat through, but not a dog. So he's got this very passionate, you know, he does TikTok videos. He's very passionate about the product, but then on Amazon, you just don't get that like personal touch of the founder making the videos and you know running the ads to like get to their site where you now know their backstory and all those things. So I think that's probably the number one thing that a lot of shop or Amazon sellers are wanting to do. And like why? Because he had um, reached out to me about building a Shopify store so we could do more of that. And that seems to be what a lot of uh, customers reach out to me about is that they want to start building that brand and having the one-on one interaction with their customers and all those things that, uh, you don't get as much of on amazon so that seems to be where most people want to land at
2: yeah and there's a there's a huge reason to move to shopify if you have a brand when you're kind of exceeding a specific um, amount of revenue per month you know it could be whatever you want it to be you could be doing fifty thousand a month you could be doing three hundred thousand a month on amazon already but there's going to come a point where you're going to want to grow and build more of a story out of your brand and most importantly you're going to want to own your audience and I've worked with people on Amazon before I do Amazon PPC on a regular basis. So I know what that's like. And the biggest issue that we run into all the time is like, man, you get all these sales, but you don't own your customers. You, no. like, you can't send them an email. You can't send them a deal. You can't give them loyalty. And that right there alone is enough that once you have a customer database and you have intent and people search for your stuff on Google, or you have other products that you want to send them to after they bought your, your main hero product on amazon you don't have a control over that and when you go to shopify it's like a whole new world of actually being able to build a business with infrastructure around it as opposed to being like i found a winning product and i milked it for all it was worth (laughs) and then you know you
0: know there's some very small levers that you know amazon sellers can do you know you can like product inserts that like lead to ultimately um an acquisition of, of like say an email there's also you know I know there's some products, some creative products that can lead to repeat purchases on Amazon, but that's kind of it. Um, there is another thing that's being rolled out. This You guys may be first to hearing this. It's called Amazon Tailored Audiences, where they're letting um, Amazon sellers once a week. It's not even live yet, but email and maybe make an offer to their uh, uh, either to their best customers or the most recent customers. Still... It's not the same as owning your own audience.' We'll n- I'll never like compare say like that's as good. but and um, uh, like in the Amazon world we we live with just fewer levers um, than you know someone like you guys, we, we were talking before and like you have complete creative control um, of end to end of like telling you know a story uh, to um, how do you follow up? how do you add value? uh to uh you know each customer coming in okay so um uh we've already said a few things but like what are some of the building blocks of uh of a million dollar brand uh you know so uh you know we can start i can start thinking about my businesses and um yeah What, what are the building blocks to a million dollar brand on shopify
1: yeah, so I would say first things first, uh, you want good visuals. So you know, a lot of people, uh, like so let's say somebody's starting with five thousand bucks and they're trying to get a Shopify store up. Uh, I would say put put all of your money first into just building out the visual assets of the brand. So great product photography, great lifestyle shots, all the stuff that kind of conveys what your brand is, how it's used, putting the customer in the position of like, oh, that's me. This is how I would use it in my home or wherever it may be. And then from there, it becomes yeah, once you have great visuals, it's actually really difficult to build a bad website. So regardless of what your theme is, things are going to look really nice and it's just going to look very branded. So getting the brand identity there and then optimizing that site and then building. So if I had like, The first three things I would do is great visuals, uh, get a site that the site doesn't even have to convert super high right away. It's just about getting it there and then getting, and then putting the rest of your money into really good ad creative and then starting to run those ads. Because at that point, now you're in this mode of, uh, you know, test, iterate, test, iterate, test, iterate. And you just do it from there, figure out where things are going on the site, what's working, what's not. And, And don't try to be like, don't try to build the perfect site right away. Just get a site up there. With great ad creative and then just iterate from that point point. and as long as you start out knowing that okay most of what we're going to do is wrong here uh we try to get less wrong every time until we eventually get it right i think that's a very humble and sound approach based on what i've seen
2: and the, and the key to that too really is that traffic that ad creative getting you know advertisements or whatever it is it could be organic social if you're not driving traffic to your website you don't know if your website's good yet i mean you can look at it and think it's good but you can't just send five viewers to go and look at your site and then get a zero percent conversion rate and be like my site is good or bad you need like uh, a thousand you need two thousand viewers to come to that site and convert or not convert for you to be able to make actions to tweak and um, optimize
1: yep what, Uh, what i see a lot of people doing is they'll put a bunch of money into this beautiful website, all these things that they think, you know, oh, I installed this app, this app, and this app. And then traffic really what they need. And that's like I see people all the time do that. So I would not to say that hey, this is the best route, but if somebody was going to do it, I would say get a minimum effective dose site up and then send spend the rest of that money on traffic. You know, don't spend 10 grand on a beautiful website and all that stuff right up front. Spend a few thousand on that and then spend six or 7,000 on traffic and you're in a much better spot, 10,000 bucks in than you would be otherwise. Um, And and Amazon sellers, they're kind of, you know, you're spoiled in a way of just like, it's this built-in traffic source. And so, and not that everybody just floods to your page as soon as you launch a store, there's strategy to it as well. But that, that would, I'd say that's one of the biggest differences is so many people go into it thinking they hit live on their store and there's just, you know, this line, like outside of the Apple store on launch day. (laughs) Well, um,
0: there's, um, I, I'm not, I don't know why this just keeps coming up in my life right now, but like this, that concept of like, um, you don't know uh, how your business is going to get received until like you actually just get in front of it. Like you just build it. Like it's, it's almost like instead of studying everything, um, it's out there installing every shopify app or whatever uh, you just get it in front of customers and then learn
1: you yep. know yeah, the, the um, amount of people I talk to that think that apps are like the answer to going from zero dollars uh, sales to ten thousand a month is like pretty astonishing
0: right so there's like yeah you just have to have a bias towards action but yeah. what I'm hearing and you know I think this would resonate if people like really think about it is that the story the the copy, the, the way that you're, uh, the way you're talking to them and actually who you're talking to matters more than just about anything else. Yep. Um, and it's like the little like tweaks to like help people, like you said, put themselves in the shoes of, uh, of using the product. Um, sometimes like we look for things like uh, social proof or, brand, or or authority on a subject Shoot, I'm sure you guys have so much experience. Like I could ask a million questions about there. Um, okay. Now, um, actually I'll jump into this. I've got, you know, I've got a product-based business on Amazon where like we have lots of successful products in their own lane that have nothing to do with each other. I wouldn't describe it as a brand. Um, maybe a few micro brands.
1: And, Wait, would you describe, I was going to say, would you describe any of them as a brand or as a whole, there's no real
0: connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few that like, you know, they've been... Uh, yeah, I'm going to jump a few and like, I want to hear what you guys think about what's probably the best one to yes. to go for a Shopify. Um, so we probably the one that's the most like a brand is auto repair kits. Um, we probably have like, I don't know, 15 to 20 of them. They do pretty well. You know, it's, it's almost like a third of the entire business is just like these like auto repair kits. They uh, it's called Shankly. And I don't know, we were doing about 50 K a month, on just this uh, what's, what's
1: in an auto repair kit it's like what's, a, what's in an auto repair kit like a, flat so, repair, a spare tire thing
0: no it's a lot of like uh kind of technical stuff that a uh, you would you know most it's people that really like jump into it so okay. it's kind of like uh i don't even like a strut compressor okay. uh and like a flare like these are um yeah spring compressor flaring tool set um and diesel engine compression
1: tester so almost like an auto first aid kit almost
0: yeah 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 like things that could go wrong okay like just like things that like a a true auto mechanic would have and there is a bit of like people there's a bit of brand awareness you know people do come back um as the kids kind of go well with each other. Another one is that we've had, the, the one that historically was the best, but now it just got so competitive that we're small, is Pickleball Paddles. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it is kind of a commodity item now where like there's probably a few hundred brands out there and some of them are pretty big. Uh, we do already have a Shopify website, but like, I don't know, it's kind of legacy. It just hasn't uh, been invested in. We do have the uh, the top dinner bells on Amazon. You know, if you type in dinner bell, um, we're there, and uh, nice. it's just and, it, it's like it's a product. It's not like you know we we haven't invested in the story. And then finally, a metronome, uh, just good looking. You know, mid mid uh, price range, like forty five dollars, uh, like a wooden uh, looking metronome. Okay, yep. of those, which ones? Uh, sound like the most interesting to to uh, going into a, sh- a Shopify.
1: My first instinct is always what has the highest price to get you the highest average order value because that's how you can scale the best. Because if you're selling a product that's between one and one fifty, you're you know and you're because the average you like you're crushing with most products if you're at like a, a fifty dollar customer acquisition cost. I would say you know some of them are upwards of eighty to hundred. Alex can speak to that a little more too. Um, but just from a stand of standpoint of practicality, the higher the higher the average order value and the more margin you have to work with. Um, just in the world of Shopify, I would say that that's like a lot of times I don't even entertain products that are you know like selling a twenty-five or thirty-dollar item because it's just really tough to scale and convince somebody to keep throwing money at something that they're almost losing money initially sometimes or they're working yeah. more on lifetime value as opposed to like, Hey, we can at least break even on our ads at the very least and go get hundred thousand free customers this year. Um, so Alex, what's yeah. your thoughts there?
2: And to speak to like the brand question of like kind of which brand fits that, I really like the auto repair kits. I know you said that uh, you have like 15 to 20 products there. The question you have for yourself, I like the pickleball as well. Cause that's more like hip, like it's, it's happening right now and you can build a little more style out of that. Yeah, um, I could build the most. I could build the funkiest that. brand off of that. I would say.
0: You know what? We actually um, put together what we called our bling uh, pickleball paddles, where we got like a all gold, all silver. Okay.
2: Yeah. See, and so I can speak to kind of both of those, but it's going to apply to to both of them and how you want to think about building that brand is that when you go into pickleball, you can build a lifestyle around that brand because people like, they're like, I love pickleball. I've got the pickleball bracelet. I've got this cool brands, uh, paddle. I've got their balls. I've got their net for my backyard. Like you can build brand off of that and, um, sell through. And that's the biggest issue on Amazon with Amazon products, especially people that kind of start in FBA is they're like, they're looking for a winning product they get it. And then they go find another product for kind of a different store and a different brand. Whereas once you hit a certain amount of revenue per month on Amazon, you start to think like, okay, well, Amazon's taking like all of my money, because they do they take like everything, they control everything about your profits. Um, So your profit margins way thinner, all of your PPC spend is on largely, you know, like intent based marketing. So it's like you're bidding on keywords. Whereas when you take your brand over to Shopify, and say you have pickleball or auto repair kit, you wanna think more in terms of how can I dangle a piece of candy for the first customer to come in and then make sure that they stay because now they're in my CRM for email and SMS. And what is the next product that they can buy after that? So they either need to rebuy the product cause they ran out. So like any recurring purchase thing that you can have on a subscription is really great. And then anything that can expand brand I mean that's why clothing brands that are huge do so well it's like you buy one thing from Nike for your kid at five years old and 20 years later. You know you're buying their sweatshirt for you you're giving it to somebody for Christmas it's like the brand encompasses so much of lifestyle so. You don't have to obviously have such a big scope, but if you have five products that you can sell through your customer journey is they buy the $60 product and then next year or even two months from now, they buy this $50 product. And then you run a sale or special a year from now and they spend $200. And all of a sudden your lifetime value of that customer is three or $400. You can yep. manipulate that a lot better in Shopify or any e-commerce system. Oh, outside. Of of Amazon. And that's where you build business.
1: Yeah. On
2: Amazon, yeah. Also, it's, it's all about the money for me on Amazon. Amazon takes all your money. <laughs> like they really like all the fees are crazy. And so then you're trying, your margins are thinner. Which makes it harder to acquire customers so you're like bidding on these keywords but you're not really building brand you're just trying to get sales with quick profits and that's super effective for a little bit and sometimes you can scale that really far and be happy with that but if you're talking about wanting to build a brand with longevity bigger profits something you actually own that's where you want to start thinking about how can you transition over
0: yeah uh, yeah, no i'm definitely starting to see that that's very interesting
1: what the pickleball paddle cost about? 19 24 bucks um 14 okay
0: it depends if it's a set or like you know sometimes like they it's pretty popular to sell a set of two and yeah. maybe like you bundle it with some like actual like a bag and some balls
1: yeah
2: yeah uh, pick a ball brand would be fun to build though i could build that, a... that's how much you sell it for on amazon right now
0: um yeah we're selling our cheapest is like 30 dollars, and we, then we have like sets up to like 50 60 70 dollars okay yeah Nice. um well uh shoot like oh i like you know you, i'm excited because like you guys are just like have a different set of expertise and i'm like used to like talking to and um a lot of it is like just like the story component uh that you say um you you said something when we were prepping for this about like a product market founder fit where like what is that do, what do you mean by that
1: Yep. So a perfect example, Uh, it's actually the stuff that's behind me here Uh, in our distribution warehouse, but uh, Ty Taylor is a young girl that um, she actually like really struggled with acne. She got famous in high school. Her and her sisters were in this uh, music group called the Taylor Girls. Uh, So pretty much since like 17 years old, I think she had this song that was going viral on YouTube and she was in the public spotlight, but also just had really bad acne. So she was like wearing tons of makeup, like, you know, going through the things that all people with acne go through, which is trying 50 different products, nothing seems to work, all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) that story, right. That story writes itself. Exactly. So um, the fact that she just genuinely had acne and we can show like real before and after stuff of when she, you know, she can talk about all the thousands of dollars she spent and then she found this one product that actually worked for her. And it's like, I mean, what better sales tool can you have than that to be able to talk about with people? Yeah. So then it it just becomes like, Hey, if it doesn't work for you, we'll get you your money back. No questions asked. Um, You know, and then as you're getting money from those people that are making these orders, then you're using that money to market and get more customers And when there's a, when there's a story there, it just like it's night and day in terms of doing that, as opposed to just starting from scratch with somebody who's trying to fake the funk sometimes, or, you know,
2: just started
1: and there's not a bunch of trust built in yet.
2: Yeah. And to extrapolate that a little bit too, because I know it's, it's going to be a lot harder for founders to be like, Oh, I'm already an influencer to bring that out to people that just are starting businesses. The real point of that story is story itself. Like it's, you have to be able to build a story around your brand and you never have to attach your face to that brand. But if you want that longevity, you want to be building a brand where people see it and they're like, I want to be a part of that culture. So okay. instead of just, I want that product that works for me because it's pretty good, that that's a good selling point. But with that underneath skincare brand, the point is that it's like, this is a culture for this type of person who's like, you know, it's like young girl, you know, like, African-American young girls deal with acne just the same as everybody else, but no one speaks to them. So you want to find your market and then speak directly to that market, no matter who your founder is. Yes.
0: Um, which uh, a lot of this, this next step, I've, I think there's two ways that like Amazon sellers differ um, if from Shopify. And that's um, the, I guess the first form of advertising, you know, you throw an Amazon seller to do that, they're gonna fail the first time. Um, and also logistics. Um, we don't need to spend very much time on logistics, but I am curious to hear, uh, you know, how do you guys do like delivery um, and how does like that scale?
1: Uh, we actually had everything. So underneath, I'll just talk about them again. That's like our um, kind of what most of Alex and I's time goes into now. Uh, we have part ownership in the company as well. So um, sorry. Uh, So we just got this warehouse probably, we actually just relaunched on August 31st. So we're about a month in now to the the full like new website, rebranding, everything is uh, launching from scratch here. We had about 10 new ads we launched. So, um, but yeah, we just get everything in here. We offer a, usually like a three to five day shipping time is pretty standard on most Shopify sites. Anything you can get better than that is always great. Um, It's, you know, relatively. Are
0: Are you using 3PLs or are you just doing
1: it yourself? Nope. We do it ourselves in house, wow. um, which, you know, it's a little bit of a hassle once you get up into like bigger volumes, but it's definitely a money save if you know what you're doing. So it's just sure. kind of the trade off the trade-off of like, all right, make a little more money and put it into ads or, you know, yeah. take it easy or, and get ship Bob or something like that.
0: Then let's jump into ads. Like, and I guess the most common acquisition right now is Facebook and maybe even TikTok.
2: Yes. Facebook and, is definitely the kind of go-to. It's right the largest,
0: the the so what are some like uh cost of uh customer acquisition um that you kind of see like how many clicks like what what give us some frameworks of like what what does good look like and so that if people are trying it out they have an, a benchmark
2: <laughs> i'll preface this with the fact that it is completely and totally overwhelming and it does require a lot of like kind of knowledge of the platform and there's a it's a lot about math and metrics Yep. And you can spend a lot of time chasing metrics that don't matter. And yep. that's the that's real key thing. The most important thing that a lot of people get wrong with advertising is that they want to, and they do this on even Amazon to an extent with the same way that you manage your PPC bidding is that they, they put a lot of time and effort into trying to get the most return on ad spend when that doesn't really matter at all, you're trying to build a brand and you're trying to acquire customers for as cheap as possible. So when you're working with uh, Facebook, the biggest um, selling point on Facebook is that it creates customer intent. It does not uh, find it. So on Google SEO or Amazon, people are searching for the product. So you get this high conversion rate because they search for the product. They see you with five other people and they click on yours, hopefully, because you had a great photo or a good price. Whereas when you go on Facebook, you give them your product. That's it. You get They get to see your product and they might not have known that they wanted the product. So then when you get into those um, conversion metrics, that changes everything. So you're really wanting your website to have a 2% conversion rate. And then you want your cost for acquisition to be as low as possible. And the way you do that is by creating great ad creative, which means basically it's like TikTok or Facebook Reels or Instagram Reels. You want to create content that people actually want to see, not just slap a billboard that's like, hey, buy this product here. You want to really see.
1: So the same way- Maybe give them a, sorry, maybe give them an idea of like, relative product prices, industries, like what does a good customer acquisition cost look like? Or, you know, something,
2: I think maybe that would help with- I believe that, you know. I believe a good customer acquisition cost is anything that comes close to breaking even. Because if you're building building a, um, it changes based on what your profit margins are. So basically you add up your cost of goods and then whatever is left, if you can acquire a customer within that amount that's left, you are ready to scale your business to the moon. Yes. Yeah. Many, people, many people that sell cheaper products actually pay for that first customer. They actually lose money on the first yeah. um, acquisition. And what the issue with a lot of especially small sellers or Shopify stores trying to grow is that they either can't weather that storm of you know starting from zero and having to acquire those customers, or they they they're thinking about it wrong. They think that they're like, I gotta put in $2 and get 30 back. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not winning. I'm not yeah. growing my brand so you have to be able to think like if i'm selling a $30 product it might cost $30 to get that first acquisition but if your brand is built right you're you're basing your entire projections off of the lifetime value of your customer because you know that the average customer if you play all your cards right is going to spend 200 bucks with your brand over the next 2 years yeah and if yeah, you're definitely. not thinking in that way you can get really messed up in advertising really quick because you'll be constantly like trying and then pulling back and then putting in $5 and be like, ah, I didn't make 10 back. And it's like, you also have to get in and spend, you gotta spend, you know, hundreds of dollars a day pretty quickly um, to really get optimized results.
1: Yeah, and I I tell people all the time, like, uh, just how you're thinking about approaching it is so incredibly important because like, you know, if I told somebody, hey, you you can spend a million bucks on ads this year. And you can have a hundred thousand brand new customers that didn't know about your brand, but you made zero money. Like that is a really great business at that point, one year into it. If you made zero money, you just fulfilled all the orders and now you have a hundred thousand customers that you can now nurture, sell them other things, and like all of that is free. So whatever else you launch, that's just money in the bank at that point. And a lot of people don't necessarily think of it that way. They do like Alex was saying, Oh, I put in five bucks and didn't get 10 back, or you know, whatever the case may be. So that's just the framework of how you think of it is really important and can yeah. be the difference of somebody making a ton of money in the next three years or somebody stopping after a month because they're jaded by the fact that they didn't make a bunch of money on ads like the people they see on, yeah. on the Instagram ads that make all these big I like
0: I like starting out trying to be a break even uh, funnel. Yeah. Um, and then I, when you get more sophisticated, you actually can, you know say uh you know do it at a loss but like you know your lifetime value you've already yeah. built in an ecosystem that like people are buying into yeah. um well and, and maybe,
1: maybe the typical amazon seller doesn't have that mindset as much of like hey i put in five bucks and if i don't get 15 back i'm a little upset just because that that process is different maybe you could touch on that Scott. I mean, it, like,
0: it just it just depends like uh if you're selling like uh you know the grocery and uh beauty type of stuff like that does have repeat purchase value like people like you know they're gonna come if they like it they're gonna come back in six weeks yeah. um so it, it just depends where you're at mm-hmm. uh and um and actually once you get to volume like you just start to build brand equity of its own you know okay. um this pickleball brand that we had you know you would go on to any like public court and chances are you were going to see one of that brand
1: you know so were, were you like one of the first 10 people to be selling pickleball so That's it like- was it
0: was my cousin and he really was he was like one yeah. of the, uh had the, the top like you know i think like the graphite paddle there was like maybe a few wooden ones but like one of the first like this is 2015 2016 and he nailed it but then like competition came in and he didn't build out a brand he built out a yeah. product and then he started building out more products and uh, I actually uh, acquired a business from him. And, you okay. know, and so I'm always like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And yeah. we're really, we're really good at just like uh, floating flat.
1: Yeah. No, uh, timing is huge on Amazon being early makes a huge difference just like anything else. So
0: yeah, it does. I, I want to end on, um, you know, just reiterating on like, I guess a framework for like uh and advertising because it's like so crucial and like you know you're saying that it's almost like the way you think about uh, your your business um, than it is like installing the latest uh, uh, tools. Um, do you have like is there like a one two three kind of like this is
2: like a good ad um, for just an ad creative? Sure, yeah. It's it can get really complicated, but we build everything that we do in ad creative off of um, basically the merits of organic social media. So we look to TikTok and we think in terms of how short are the video, best videos on TikTok. Do those videos have hooks like they do on TikTok? You know, a lot of people make huge mistakes when they are trying to make video advertisements where they start by talking about the product and not the problem that they solved. You know, like the first words in your product video need to be something that calls directly to the problem that your customer is facing. And then it needs to talk about how you make that customer feel. We operate off of a lot of that type of structure. You know, like a lot of people want to be like, hey, look, at here's a pickleball uh, paddle. It's got, you know, all these fibers in it and it, it, um, you know, it's going to hit really hard. You know, that's, I I don't know, pickleball, but you know what I mean? Like talking about the benefits of it, you know, whereas the way that you would want to speak to it is like, what is the issue that they're having with their other pickleball uh, paddle? You know, why isn't the other one working as good? You know, like is your pickleball paddle feel like cheap when you hit it, you know, like, yeah, that would be yeah. where you'd start, you know, obviously, you'd spend a lot of time like crafting the messaging. But you know, the, the question would be, are you sick of cheap pickleball paddles? You know, and, and yeah. then it'd be like, and then it's you yeah. want to bring uh, attention to someone winning the game, you know? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah a, a great example of this would be an ad that we run for underneath. So a lot of people might say, you know, it comes on screen, then Ty says, you know, are you tired of or, or no, like, our acne kit does this, this, and this. That's how a lot of the average person might start out thinking that they're like, okay, we're getting right to the meat, meat and potatoes of this thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, Alex had wrote a script for Ty uh, where it's like, you have pimples, don't pop them. And then she goes into the thing. So it's yeah. like you hit that trigger right away in three seconds. And then it's like, okay, this is for yeah. me. and I'm
0: interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of like aggravating the problem. Yeah. You just like want to shake up the sand of like, this is like, you know,
2: yeah. And just it just to bring that full sur- circle to put a cap on it, you basically you want to have a hook, you want to focus more on speaking to the person and their emotions than speaking to the features of a product. Like what are the ingredients, you know, sometimes that does matter, but you want to make basically uh, convey how it's going to make them feel and the problem it's going to solve and, most importantly, you want to do it fast and. Most importantly, over all that, you want it to feel organic. You never want your ads, most of the time, to ever feel like you paid ten thousand dollars to have a movie crew come in and shoot it. You yeah. want it to look like a sixteen-year-old shot it on their iPhone. Truly, we go out of our way to make it look like that because it makes people feel like they're not being sold to. Yeah, that's what drives your overall cost down. Um, with your CPMS, that's what. Uh, I mean, everything like kind of comes together, but it drives your CPMs down, which makes your cost per click lower. You know, I'm sure on Amazon you guys are familiar with a lot of those terms and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But um that's what gets that quality lower. And Facebook itself actually has a quality score where they will tell you if your your ad is good enough for them, basically if it has a good conversion rate ranking, an engagement rate ranking, and a quality score. And you you make videos that entertain people and then also provide value. And that drives that up and that drives your cost down.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um well uh, thank you guys so much for uh, talking about things. Now, uh, what is your favorite tool for any, any part of your business,
1: Alex? You want to tackle that one? My uh, favorite, favorite tool. My favorite tool for any business is Alex. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, one out. I mean, I, we use. I use so many tools all over the place. It's hard to say what my favorite is. I mean, if you are talking about just a tool, it's the Facebook advertising platform because I just love to be in there and get data. If we're talking about to create things honestly it's the adobe suite because i mean premiere pro is where you live if you want to create a good ad you know a lot of people spend time making advertising about the numbers when um making a great business or a great ad is about the strategy behind it um it's about the content i mean when we build a business and make it profitable it has so little to do with the apps that we put on a shopify store yeah or um or you know the the settings that we set up you know on like you're in the facebook ad account you're like if i change it to this setting i'll make more money it's not that way it's it's about the math behind your business so honestly the big, the best tool that we have is the ability to communicate with each other and workshop our strategy to make sure that we've found a good way to convince customers to keep coming back and paying more money for the products yeah
1: i'll, I'll add one i was of gonna, yeah i was just kind of being a little uh a little funny there when i said alex the first time but my <laughs> My, my definite uh, most effective tool by far is, and, and there's a few different apps, um, but any type of upsell app you can have on your site is just like, it's just like printing money, basically. If, as long as you have traffic, like on, on underneath, for instance, we've made over the last uh, 16 to 18 months, probably just by uploading that app, which took, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes or whatever to like upload the app and set up the products there. I think it's made us almost an extra half a million bucks that just literally wouldn't have existed had we not had that app installed. Cool. So,
0: no, yeah. well, thank you. Um, so, if people want to reach out, learn more, how can they get a hold of you guys?
1: Uh, best place for me is uh, at the Shopify guy. So it's the on Instagram, and then uh, yeah, I keep it pretty casual. You know, just chat, throw me a question here and there.
2: Okay. Alex. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we funnel pretty much all our business through the same place. So to keep right. it all in one, that Sh- Shopify guy right. on Instagram is really, well, if thing. you,
0: yeah. if you guys have questions or if you, uh, you know, need help here, um, they, uh, they've been very generous. A lot of, uh, very interesting ideas on this podcast. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable if I were to, uh, you know, pivot, uh, and we could do that because a lot of people, they, they fail the first time here. Well, um. Let's wrap up there. Uh thanks everyone for listening and uh stay tuned for uh next week and um, have a great week.
2: One, two, three.